Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Backstage Podcast. My guest this week is Panos Palmos. I've known Panos since university, and the first things that struck me from the first day I met him were his contagious energy, his innate ability to assemble and lead, and his determination to succeed. It is no surprise that he went on to create an unbelievably successful career in sales, and even more so, that he gave it all up to pursue an even bigger and more challenging calling. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. First thing I thought this morning was, how the hell did I let this guy convince me <laughs> to come over at seven in the morning? God, man. It's because I sold you. Do you always wake up this early? Always. Like five? What, what's, the, what's the wake up? What's the what's the alarm clock? 5.35. Every day? Every day. Do you train? I used to. I got to get back at it. But uh, 5.35, wake up in the morning, do my schedule, review my day. You know, look at what's important. Top three things that I, I got to look at. It's going to help me advance my professional <laughs> I can't do in my it. personal life. Okay, what time do the kids wake up? They wake up around six thirty. I get, you got to wake up before your kids do it. You got to you got to wake up before your kids. You got to plan your day before. You can't let your kids beat you. Yeah, my kids wake me up. Are you recording this? Yeah, we're we're live. You serious? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're live. We're live. We're recording. Uh, yeah, no, man. I can't. We're all we're all a bunch of sleepyheads here. Every single person in this house. Really? Ridiculous. You gotta wake up. You gotta wake up early. You gotta beat the sun. You gotta start the day with a victory. That's how that's how I look at it. You gotta start the day with a win. And the first thing you gotta do is beat the sun. That's that's my philosophy. That's Grand Cardone right there. Grand Cardone at its best. Uh no, I can't. I can't. I don't mind waking up early. Um, I just have a lot of hard time. Really? You know what the problem is? Um, I used to wake up in the morning to train, and I gave that up too. I just can't find the discipline. I can't. And I can't train at night either. Because, you know, at night you just want to get your shit together, um, you know, spend some time with the kids and everything. For sure. For sure. Uh, no, waking up in the morning, man, it's, I, I just can't. And we're very lucky because, well, my, my daughters are still obviously not in school yet. Uh, the old one is in daycare three days a week. We don't have to work in the morning. Um, most of our work takes place in, in the evenings at night. So during the day, you know, we're going to do a little bit of business development, make some calls, prepare some contracts, that kind of stuff. So we don't have that urgency to put the alarm on at eight in the morning or whatever, six, five, whatever time you wake up and get the kids ready. Eventually, we're going to have to. They're going to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to wake up in the morning, prepare them. But for, and, uh, but for now, I'm, I'm enjoying my bed so much. It's incredible. Really? Mm. Look, I think it's also, uh, you, you, you got to be able to do it enough that it turns into a habit. I think that even if you didn't get used to it, eventually if you do it long enough, you will. So I, th I think you probably didn't, you haven't woken up yeah, early enough. There were times where I used to wake up really early, early for work. Um, but the minute, like, like you said, the minute you get out of that, uh, out of that zone, out of that comfort zone. Right. It's gone, man. 
<laughs> like it's gone. Well, it's it's a habit. <laughs> you could always get back into it though, so God, that's the good thing. Man. Like it's, it was really hard this morning. Oh my God. But you did it. You're here. Yeah, of course. So you're good. Here. You're here. And thank you. Thank you for coming. My pleasure. We go back a long time, man. And it's funny because I was thinking about it last night. I'm like, okay, let's just put some things down, uh, things that we can talk about. And I was thinking, fuck, I know this guy for a long time. By the way, I want to interrupt you for two seconds. You got to let me know when it's halfway through this podcast because I got to go back in the car and change shirt. I'm just letting (laughs) you know. (laughs) I'm just going to give you a heads up. You you didn't bring a bag. Yeah, that's right. Actually, I did. I brought my backpack, so I'm good. (laughs) Inside story. We might get to that. We might get to that. Um, Good times. Because I was thinking, I'm like, Okay, what the hell am I going to talk about? And then I'm like, fuck, I know this guy for a long time. And then when you think that that long time is only university, because I, I only met you at university. That's right. Yeah. California. And when you reach that point in your life where long time ago is university, you also realize, shit, we're getting old. That's true. <laughs> time, time flies. When, when university is a long time ago, like I, I compare you, for example, to Chris, our friend Chris, yeah. that I know, you know, since kindergarten. Like that's a long time. But imagine. Yeah, that's, 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 that's forever. It's a very long time. So when you're thinking, yeah, university, man, it's been a long time. What? How can that be a long time? 20 years, man. Jeez. Is it? Almost. I don't know. Uh, 20 years, yeah. yeah. 20, yeah, almost. Where's that? Yeah, 19, 20. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, it's a long time. I, I remember, I remember the time that I, we actually met uh, in university because I started, um, I started university. I didn't start normally. Uh, and I think you're a year older, so. Uh, I didn't start at the regular session, like in September or August, whatever it is. So I skipped one session. I came in during the winter session. So nothing ever happens uh, during the winter session. So I did the one session. And then the following session, Chris came from CJP. He came in as an independent student because he did so well. Independent student. I like that. Yeah, because he did so well in CJP. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what? Chris is a smart guy, man. He's a very smart guy. And it's proof that you don't really need CJP. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. A, that's a whole topic yeah. by itself. And I remember, so I was hanging out naturally with Chris and he's like, what are you doing? I think it was a Friday or whatever it was. And he's like, we're going to go bar hopping. And I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. He goes, uh, yeah, with this guy, Pano. I'm like, who's that? He goes, oh, this guy, we used to go to uh, Egypt together, fun kid. You know, you're going to get to meet him. He, he's a lot of fun. I'm like, okay. So the first impression that I had of you, um, just a fun to be with guy, um, a natural leader, always uh, mobilizing large groups of people to just do good things, right? And when I mean good things, I'm not talking about you being a student activist, uh, you know, doing noteworthy things. I'm talking about mobilizing people to, you know, not go to class and stay in the bar and get drunk, for example. Not necessarily good things, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't remember much of that day, honestly. The only thing I remember is walking down Maisonneuve Everybody smashed. You show up with like this group of 15, 20 people. I don't even know. I don't even know what that was. I don't know if you were part of some association. I'm, I really have no idea. All I remember that you showed up with like 15, 20 people. Everybody's ready to get drunk. We're, we're bar hopping. And then at some point, <laughs> we're walking down Maison. So I'm in the front with you, Chris. And for some reason, everyone starts singing the Greek national anthem. So I turn over and I, I see this big kid, Telly. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember this. I remember this dude. And that was actually that was the first time I met that guy also. <laughs> so for some reason, this guy decides to turn around, walk backwards, because you know he needed to face the crowd like a like a choir conductor. Yeah, yeah. And he's waving his hands, chanting the Greek national anthem, and then at some point he just disappears. <laughs> I remember that. I turn around, I was like, where's this guy? 
there were these huge flower pots that the city had to put. I don't, I don't even know what they wanted to put in there, but they were huge, like easily about a meter and a half diameter. The kid was just swallowed up. <laughs> you could just see his feet sticking out. The guy that. fell right into the pot with like earth and a bunch of other garbage that people had thrown in there. I was dying. I was dying. My stomach was hurting. Yeah, like was He needed four people to pull him out. Um, and that was uh, the beginning. That was my first ever memory of Panama. And then the rest, uh, the rest is history. We started, uh, we had some good times. We did. You mentioned the, the shirt incident. Uh, we had invited you once to, to, to play with us. Yeah. We had a band for those who don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Sex, drugs, and Greek ballads. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, at, at Reggie's, right? Reggie's. Was at Reggie's. Reggie's was a good bar. That was a good show, man. We, we had some good times, honestly. You know what? I think it was, it was, we were just, I think university for me was, I, I loved, you know, I, I loved my university mm-hmm. experience and not, not for the education per se, because if I think back on what I learned in university was, did it really help me and what I do today? No, except for the fact on, you know, maybe being a little bit disciplined yeah. to a certain extent when it came to, you know, handing in papers and stuff like that. Yeah. But also what university taught me was, was, was exactly what you said. It was, it was building relationships, yeah. building relationships, um, creating friendships that till today I, I, I use in my business yeah. and, and I use in a good sense, right? Not use people, but I mean, um, that's basically what university taught me. But if you look at going back academically or, or, you know, who the hell uses calculus? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, there were some stupid classes that, 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 that were like yeah. really useless, useless. No, for sure, man. Look, the the thing about university is that I've I've met only a few people that actually went into university knowing what they wanted to do, which which begs the whole question, like you said, you know, uh, about our whole education system. There's something wrong when you enter university and you still don't know what you're doing, right? And it's the case for many kids. I don't know if you went in a program that you wanted. I didn't. I ended up studying politics because it was the choice that it was my second choice. And I, I don't even remember the first thing that I applied for. I honestly don't even remember. Uh, and I just stuck around because I found it interesting. And it's funny because I remember while studying pol- uh, political science that I was telling myself, there's no way I'm going to f- ever find a job. I got lucky and I did. But um, like you said, mostly university was, you know, were the hangouts, the, 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 the fun times we, we, um, we had a lot of good time, uh, a lot of good times with the band. Um, just, you know, I, I don't know. It's also the age too. I mean, you're completely and fully independent. You're working, you're, you're making money by that point. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it too. I, I, I really did enjoy it. But, but going back to your to your shirt, I was actually going to ask you this morning when you walked in. It's funny that you mentioned it. I was going to ask, did you bring a bag with a change of shirt? <laughs> Pano, for those interested, Pano, we we had called him in to play Buzuki for us. This is a, this is a university bar where we're playing in. Uh, we're like cheap beer, cheap beer, cheap, cheap alcohol, and Pano thinks he's the highlight of the night. <laughs> he walks in with a grocery. I remember it was a grocery bag. Yeah. And you had no, actually it wasn't a grocery it bag. Wasn't, gro- no, it was it was actually a I remember you walking in with a white little no, bag. No, it was like a suit thingy that, that no you actually way. put the suit inside. So you know, I had one shirt and I didn't want to wrinkle it, right? So <laughs> there were three shirts. Correct. So we're setting up and Pano for the introduction. 
the main? <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> and the clothes. Yeah. We're like, dude, what do you think? You're going to walk off stage and change? Like, we're taking one break and that's it. <laughs> what are you doing with three extra shirts? It goes, I don't know. I thought, you know, maybe I can, I can change and stuff. Just funny. It was good times. It was. Um, tell me a little bit about you because uh, there's a lot of interesting things happening. Um, as far back as I can remember you, obviously I got to know you, you were a DJ. Um, and then soon after that, you got into the car business, you were in sales. Um, uh, and for a pretty long time, you were uh, a sales director of a very large uh, luxury uh, vehicle brand. Can we name it? We can name it. Sure. Absolutely. Audi. Audi. Uh, not sponsored. <laughs> Audi Prestige. Um, a shout out to all my boys at Audi Prestige. And I remember, I mean, you were there for a long time. Yeah. How long were you there? I was there actually for 10 years. I started in uh, 2008. I was 28 years old. And uh, yeah, I was there for 10 years. I started off as uh, as a sales manager right off the bat. But in my, before that, I was at, uh, at a Volkswagen dealership for three years. And uh, that's an interesting story because many people that meet me usually say, well, you know, Panos, you're a great salesperson. You know, you're a born salesperson. And, and the truth was I, I wasn't a good salesperson. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. So I, I was DJing and I actually got recruited into the car business by uh, a guy that I was doing his wedding. So um, I was DJing and uh, he came up to me during the night and he said, uh, listen, buddy, you should really, really look into the car business. And at the time I was in university, right? Doing my BCom. And he, uh, and he's like, uh, yeah, you should come, come, come into the car business. And at, at that time, my goal in life was to make a hundred grand. Yeah. I thought by making a hundred grand, I'm going to be rich, 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 rich. I thought that that was it. Right. Was it, yeah. So, um, and I quickly realized that even if I come out with a bachelor's of commerce in university, there's not many jobs that will pay nope. me a hundred grand, right? A hundred grand is like 1% of the population that yep. makes that. Right. So, um, he came up to me and he said, yeah, I want you to come to the car business. And I'm like, while I'm DJing, I turn around and I remember this like yesterday and you turn around and I go, are you crazy, dude? I'm in university. You think I'm going to become a car salesman? What the hell's wrong with you? And he told me the magic word. He said, you know what? It's too bad you think that way because there's people in the car business that make over a hundred grand. And he leaves. Mm -hmm. He was leaving on his honeymoon a week after his wedding, right? Monday, I show up at his dealership and I'm like, uh, he's like, hey kid, what are you doing here? I'm like, dude, you told me I can make a hundred grand. I go, yeah. I go, where do I sign up? I'm in. So uh, I start off and uh, the truth is I was pretty bad. Yeah. I really, really sucked. I wasn't that good. And um, like I was good with people, but I wasn't good in sales. Yeah. So a lot of people that say, well, you know, I'm not a natural born salesperson. The good news guys is, is that you could learn sales. Yeah. And I really, really believe that. So yeah, I was going to quit. And uh Six months in, I walked into my sales manager's office to quit. He wasn't there. He was a little late. And I was looking at the board. And I couldn't understand why the guy, Billy, who recruited me, was at 15 cars. And I was at two cars. Yeah. And I told myself, I said, I don't understand. I'm better looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I finished university. So I got my education. Uh, why is Billy better than me? Yes. And I didn't quit that day. I actually walked out of my sales manager's office and I said, you know what? I'm going to figure this sales thing out. And I started just studying, reading, observing, uh, mimicking Billy, 
since Billy was so good at it, I said, yeah. you know what? If he's good, well, let me let me let me do exactly what he does. Yeah. And uh, long behold, three years later, I was I was I was the top guy there. And then then I ended up getting recruited at uh, the Gabriel Group and uh, right away as a sales manager. And that's it. Had much success there. Much fun. Loved it. Great time. I, I mean, great employer. Um, only the best things to say. Yeah. Here's the thing, man, because obviously you're very present on social media. And I remember the time where you you announced that that's it. It was done. You know, 180 degree. You left the car business. I don't think there was one friend on your Facebook list that wasn't shocked by it because that's who you were. Right. It was Panos, the, the Audi sales manager. I mean, you were stamped. Right. Right. And you pull this surprise on everyone and you just abandon ship and 180 degree. And you went to something completely, completely different. Like you're in the food retail now, uh, food retail industry. What was that decision about? I mean, how does how does that even? Because you join your brothers, basically. They had um, correct. They had. First of all, how do you, how did your brothers get into that? Is this a family thing? Were you, well, yeah. Was your family my, in a- my my dad had a had a store uh, in the South Shore. Okay. And uh, for years, so. Uh, he that's that 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 was his thing my dad my dad was a naval engineer and then uh because he used to travel a lot he ended up saying you know i'm done with it so um he opened a retail uh a, basically a, a fruit and vegetable store in yeah. the south shore and it was quite su- successful for a very 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 long time and uh my brothers coming out of uh one of my brothers uh, dropped out of school and just decided to do that full time actually was a mechanic yeah and then decided to do that full time and then my other brother my youngest uh, studied in marketing, and right out of uh, right out of uh, school, just went straight there, and um, that's it. I, I I was I was the I was the only son that was away from the family business. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that your family. But as a young kid, I would always go there, and 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 I, you know, I I grew up in it. The the deciding factor for me was number one. There's something that I really, really, really cannot stand, and I'm I'm I'm. For me, it's like, it, it, just thinking about it gives me the shivers and that's boredom and that's comfort. I yeah. hate comfort. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I hate being comfortable. And after 10 years, you get really, really comfortable in your job. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I wanted a new challenge. The other thing is I wanted to do something for myself. And, you know, with all due respect to, 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 to you know, to the Gabriel group and everything, I, I was working all these years to make somebody else rich. Yeah. And that's the truth. And there's nothing wrong with it. They, yeah. they were taking care of me and, and you know, I was treated amazing. And I, th- it was time for me to do something for, for myself. Yeah. And uh, that was the 180 degree that, uh, and you know, whether you sell fruits and vegetables, whether you sell extra virgin olive oil, whether you sell the naughty, I mean, at the end of the day, you're selling something, Yeah, you know, so. See, I didn't know that your family was already in the business. And for me, it was like, what? Obviously, I follow your brothers. I knew that they were involved. I didn't know how they they had started that. Uh, I knew that they had already uh, opened a store. And then the fact that you were joining, the only thing that made sense to me was, okay, he's just joining his brothers. Good for him. I had no idea there were all these connecting factors. And I thought, wow, obviously, I mean, I don't think there was any doubt in my mind that you were going to succeed uh, because it's just the kind of guy that you are. But I found it interesting. I mean, I, I found it interesting how you just leave behind, like you said, a, a great job. You were treated well. Uh, obviously, an amazing salary. And just uh, 
uh, took a big risk and uh, yeah I mean uh, and it wasn't easy it was definitely not easy I mean it's you know sometimes in life you got to take a step back in order to make two steps forward so it was it wasn't easy for for sure there was a, there, there was a salary cut uh, you know you're working by yourself um, you know you're taking bigger risks yeah. uh, you know I'm married I have three kids sometimes you know the risks are not easy my wife thought I was insane but I had her full support um, and what kind of impact did that have on the family? It did, but you know what? I, I, I'm I'm blessed in a way that you know I have I have a wife that's totally understanding and totally trusts in 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 me in a sense that when I came home and I said, "Listen, babe, this is what it's gotta be," mm-hmm. you know, she, I saw I saw in her eyes like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but then she turned around. And she said, "You know what? I I, I respect that, and I know yeah. no matter what you do, you'll 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 make it happen, and I'll take care I'll, I'll take care of the the, the castle." Just, go out and hunt right yeah, so yeah. so I, I was lucky and blessed in that way and uh, yeah the first year was really tough man it wasn't easy it wasn't easy because my brothers had one store so within a year and a half we opened the second store and uh, was that sorry was that part of their plan or no was, no that was something that you brought well, it was it was something that they knew they had to do but yeah. they wouldn't have done if i hadn't come on board because yeah. opening 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 a grocery store, opening a store, and so I don't know if, if there's anybody out there that's working in, in in a grocery store. Like you guys understand, it, there's a lot of stuff going on in a grocery store, yeah. and there's a lot of items in a store. There's a dude opening a store is big investments, big money, and you got to be prepared. You got to be prepared, and especially perishable, right? Because you're buying a food today, yeah, four days later, it's not life. good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the shelf life is like really, really, really short, right? So you got to make sure you know what you're doing. And uh, you got to make sure that when you open that store, there's people that are walking in because if there's not, dude, you're it's it hurts. Yeah. So uh, we ended up opening a second store. Then we opened up a, a division called Potager Mobile, which is basically we deliver corporate baskets to businesses. Uh, which that was that was a crazy idea, and uh, I'll share that with you. That was that was yeah. that was nuts. Yeah. And then um, and then we also have our our wholesale division where we 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 import products from Greece and basically. I, I handle the sales and the distribution of uh, of a product and extra virgin olive oil and other products that they have called Molon Lave. Mm-hmm. But the Potagem Mobile is, a, is an interesting story. T- uh, tell me about it. I had it actually on my list. I want to talk to you about it because it's interesting. I don't think I've seen anyone do it. Uh, at the beginning when I saw you doing it, I'm like, oh, okay, they're, 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 it's a delivery service. Right. But then I realized that it, it isn't it's a not, delivery no. service. So basically what it was, is I'm sitting in the office with my brother. So now, so now you, have, you have to picture this, right? So we're in a room. Just. Imagine this room like this, but we're like three brothers in a room like this. That's our office. <clears throat> and it's a family business. So my mom's there <laughs> <laughs> and her secretary is there. So picture exactly a room like this, right? We're like, what? What is this? Like, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. 50 square feet, whatever it is. <laughs> it's literally like this, right? So we've got three offices in there. My mom, whatever. It's a, it's, it's, so I'm seeing that with my brother and, and my brother's like, uh, dude, you know what? You know when you were in the car business and I, I came to your service department and you know what the service department, they serve like coffee and like, and, 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 uh, uh, you know, chocolate bars and all these unhealthy things. He goes, imagine, he goes, we, we would be able to deliver. Imagine we could deliver fresh fruit and replace like donuts and pastries with fresh fruit. Yeah. So I was looking at him I'm like, dude, that's a great idea. Yeah. He's like, you like it? So I stand up. He goes, where are you going? I go, I'm going to sell this. He goes, what do you mean? I go, dude, I'm going to go sell this. Like right now. He goes, now? I go, now, now, now. <laughs> he goes, but hold on. We don't have a truck. We don't have a plan. We don't have this. We're not. I go, dude, forget that. I go, let me go sell. If I can't sell it, we're not going to forget yeah. the truck. Yeah. Forget, the, forget the plan. 
if nobody's buying this, why are we going to do it? So yeah. I literally got up, George. I literally got that minute. Within an hour, I was on the road and I started knocking on dealerships doors with the contacts that yeah, I had. Yeah. And then out of 10 dealerships, I came back with seven accounts. Yeah. So my, I'm like, dude, let's do this. We had no baskets. We had no truck. We had no, <laughs> no, no, no way, no, no, no driver, no nothing. So I literally started going to the market by myself, loading up the truck. I went to uh, Pure Imports, I think it's, yeah, Pure Imports. Right. I bought a bunch of baskets. Dude, we started that company from like nothing, nothing, nothing. And like a little, little caravan yeah. doing deliveries by yourself. And you know, I had to humble myself because imagine this now, you're a big sales manager making the big, big salary. Giving orders. You know, giving orders to people. Yeah. And now here you are in a little caravan <laughs> going around dealership to dealership delivering food. But um, yeah, and and right now we've got we've got accounts. I got I got we got accounting offices, we got lawyers' offices, we got dealerships. Yeah. We hired a bunch of people. So I got three trucks on the road going around, delivering fruit. Uh yeah. And it was just get up, go get it done. How did you deal or maybe it didn't have any impact on you, but just to go back on what you said, you know, like you suit and tie every day, you know, big sales job, uh, big cars, big salaries. You're the boss. Everybody looks up to you. Um, you know, you're giving the orders. And then, like you said, you're going down to like packing baskets with fruits and delivering yeah. them like in your jeans and I don't know, your, your, your steel toe boots or whatever exactly. you're wearing. <laughs> First of all, how, mentally, like how do you go from one to the other and accept the fact that this is who you are now? And was there a time where people actually said, dude, you're going to be selling for sure. For sure. A hundred percent. But you know what? Dude, it was the same thing when I was in car sales and don't get me wrong. I, it, it, you know, there was days that I would, you know, I would drive that little caravan and I would tell myself, what the hell did I get myself into? Yeah. For sure. A hundred percent. There was days, dude, where I'm driving back and I'm like, did I, did I, I questioned my decision. Yeah. Uh, dude, there, I mean, there was a day and not a lot of people know this where I stood in my car and I didn't want to go into my house because I had tears in my eyes saying that, you know, did I make the right decision for my family? Yeah. And, and yeah, but the same thing happened to me. And then I, I thought back and when I used to tell people, yeah, you know, what did you do? Oh, I, I'm, I'm in sales. I'm in car sales. People used to say, oh, you're in car sales. Really? You're a car salesman. Really? You got I of course, hundred percent. You're a vendor de Charles. I used to get, and no matter what you do, and that's what I realized is that no matter what you do, people are always going to say, well, really? That's what you're doing? Yeah. And I had that. You know, I had that from family when I got into the car business. So, dude, just do what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If if that makes you happy and you could be the best at doing that, just 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 do it. So, yeah, I mean, it was it it was it was hard. It wasn't easy. And I look at big, I look at back at it now, and like what motivated me to do it was really. You know, I think success is, you, the best revenge is massive success. I know yeah. many people have said that, but it's more to that. It's not, it's not only that. It's really trying to find what, what you're, you want to do and just go out and do it. Dude. Yeah. Because it's interesting because you have, it's not like you were in the car business for a couple of years and then you're like, oh, that's not for me. Let me change. I mean, it's 10 years. You're pretty much established as yeah, for that, sure. or at least in people's minds, you're that, that that's what you are. Right. And you're thinking that, look, it's been 10 years. What else can I do? Cause you know, you fall into that pattern, right? You're like, look, it's been 10 years. What else? Well, what exactly. Else, what exactly. else would I do? Right. Well, you, you, you reach a certain, I, I, I think within that company, I reached the ceiling. 
no matter no matter what it was. And as a matter of fact, when I was when I was quitting, they actually named me to be responsible for three dealerships. Like they they they. So, and I was like, no, I can't take this job. I, I as a matter of fact, I I gotta go. So <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was you know how much what else could I have done? You know, I I wouldn't have never had equity in that company. Yeah, and I think that's where it comes important. If you later on want to leave something to your family while you're gone, equi- equity is really, really important. So yeah. I gave up basically comfort to go after equity. But it's not really comfort. I mean, it's comfort because it, 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 from your point of view, because Correct. you're you're used to that ten years. I was seeing the stuff that you were putting. You know, we used to talk about this all the time. I mean, you were doing hours like from nine to nine, like some crazy hours. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you're saying comfort, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with this guy? Are you kidding me now? From nine to nine, I mean, where's your life? You know? Yeah. Uh, but you see it as comfort because you got immersed into that field, into that job, and that was your reality kind of thing. So for you, yeah, it's comfort. I get it. But from someone else looking at you, um, of course, they realize that, you know, it's a great job and everything. Like I said before, I, w- I was almost surprised and almost shocked. I mean, that like, what's going on over here? I mean, that's such a, that's such a good job, such a steady yeah. thing. And you're thinking, nah, man, it was too comfortable. So yeah, no, nobody sees that. Well, listen, you know what? It, it was, it was, it, it, it all depends. Like some people, you know, will work a nine to five job and they're good with it. Yeah. You know, for me being comfortable, you don't grow in comfort. Yeah. This is what people need to understand. You cannot grow if, if you're comfortable. And, and it's, it's funny because I really do think this society you know, teaches you, ah, oh, I like to be comfortable. I like to be comfortable in my house. I like to be comfortable in my clothes. I like to be comfortable in my car, comfortable, comfortable. But you don't grow in comfort. You don't. You don't become a better person when you're comfortable. Yeah. So you're right because we, we learn to go through stages, right? So it's like, okay, let's go to school, graduate. Let's get a job. Uh, get that steady job. Get that steady salary. Get married. Get a house. You know, uh, and, and, you know, excel kind of that way. Uh, you're doing it completely different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I... I, I know for a fact that 99% of people out there would not do what I did. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. 99% of the, of the people out there would, would stick with that amazing job um, and just go through life with it. I just, I just, I, I wanted something bigger. But the fact also that you didn't have to start from scratch also kind of, I imagine would also for sure. kind of help you, right? Yeah. I mean, if you woke up one day and said, I think I'm going to open a, re- a food retail store. I, mean, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to open a grocery store. I'm not so sure that decision would have been that immediate versus the fact that your brothers already had everything established. You're walking in, you're like, okay, how do we make this better? A hundred percent. Right. Well, I think regardless, eventually I would have ended up, le- I would have ended up leaving. Yeah. Uh, did it make my decision easier to leave because of that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I had something to fall on. Um, but look, you know, we started our Potage Mobile from scratch. We yeah. started our, our import business from scratch mm-hmm. and, and with no experience, like, like just let's do it. Let's just start it and do it. So how's the, the, how's the mobile, uh, the Potage Mobile working on? I mean, is it evolving? Are you at a point where it's pretty much stable now? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's certain challenges there. I mean, a hundred percent. Well, the biggest challenge on that is actually I'm dependent on my drivers. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it's a business where, you know what, your driver doesn't show up. you got to figure out a solution. But I think if you hire the right people and we have an amazing, amazing, amazing team. Um, but yeah, you, you, you are, you're limited to a certain extent. You're not going to start delivering fruit to Vancouver, right? Or to yeah, Toronto, sure. right? But uh, for here, yeah, it's, 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 it's stable. Um, we, we, we're at a point where, yes, we're looking for new accounts, but not 
not as much, mm -hmm. right? So uh, right now, what I'm really focusing on is 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 our extra virgin olive oil. Like like that's my main main focus right now. Like that's where we're we're, we're pushing hard. So I've managed to let go a little bit of one business mm -hmm. and not be as active into that one, and then moving into the 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 olive oil to build that. So how does this uh, so how does this uh, work now? You go to Greece because I remember you had your own olive oil. Correct. It was, uh, Correct. It was your own brand. Do you still have that or? Well, it was it was a private label. Mm -hmm. That that private label was done before when. Uh, so this this is another interesting story. So when I went into the to to, to business with my brothers um, two years ago, uh, my brothers had a private label which was called Palmos, which yeah. is my last name. So it was a Cretan olive oil. Good olive oil for what it is. Um, and my brother and I, like two months when I started, he's like, okay, you're coming with me to Greece. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, there's a, there's a Greek, uh, it's called the Greek Food Expo. Mm -hmm. It's it's a food show. And I want you to come because you're, you're a marketing guy. You like marketing and good labels. And I go, you're going to help me out. And we're going to see if we could bring any products in for our store. Mm -hmm. Not wholesaling, not distributing, yeah, just yeah. for our store. I'm like, okay, cool. So we ended up going to Greece. So in the plane, I'm sitting down with my brother and my brother tells me, listen, I'm telling you right now, you're going to see a lot of products there. <laughs> Don't get excited. <laughs> 50, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I tend to get excited uh, easily. Uh, uh, so, so, so he tells me, uh, just I'm letting you know, 50% of the stuff that you're going to see there is extra virgin olive oil. Everybody's selling olive oil. Gre Greece is the mecca of mm -hmm. olive oil. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, uh, you're going to see olive oil. I'm letting, I'm telling you now, Let's not waste time with that. No olive oil. I'm like, okay, bro, don't worry about it. No olive oil. I get it. I get it. That's cool. No worries. <laughs> so we're at the food expo and we're walking around and I have this thing, I have this thing about obviously Greek history, but um, I have this thing about Greek helmets, like <laughs> Greek <laughs> warrior helmets. Okay. I'm just obsessed about them. So from far as we're walking the store, I see this Spartan helmet and I see Molon Lave. And I'm looking at this and in a marketing standpoint, I'm like, wow, that's powerful. Mm. So uh, I look at, I, I nudge my brother. I'm like, dude, look at that from far, but you can't really see what the stand is, right? Mm. So he's like, yeah, dude, Molon Lave, wow, that's, that's pretty powerful. He goes, I just hope it's not extra virgin olive oil. I go, no, man, I don't think it is. He goes, dude, it better not be extra virgin olive oil. <laughs> so as soon as we pull up to the booth, it's oh, extra virgin olive oil. <laughs> Like only extra virgin olive oil. So uh, we ended up meeting the people at Molon Laver. We started, uh, we, we, we had a quick conversation and we clicked right away. Like, like the, the, the sales manager of uh, Molon Laver and I really like, we like clicked. And then he's like, guys, I could sit here and tell you how good my olive oil is. I want you guys to come see. Mm -hmm. I want you guys to come to Sparta. I want you guys to see what we're all about. Uh, he started explaining to me about integrated management system. We're the only company in Greece that does that. So basically we are the olive tree. We are the press. We are the bottling because most of the olive oils out there are just a bottling company. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, and, and, and dude, I had, I had no idea about olive oil, like yeah. no idea. I was like clueless. So, uh, he's like, uh, so what are you guys doing tomorrow? So we're at the show now in Athens. So he's like, what are you guys doing tomorrow? So I look at my brother. I'm like, dude, you want to go to Sparta? He's like. <laughs> He, and he's and he's like, oh man, extra virgin olive oil, dude. What are you doing? So uh, anyway, long story short, we ended up going to Sparta. We ended up seeing the whole company. Yeah, the facility. The facility. We were wowed. Um, I started to get an understanding of what was going on with olive oil, which is 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 a whole other conversation yeah. by itself. 
and uh, we just absolutely fell in love with the company. The, 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 the product itself is, 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 is a great product. And um, so I look at my brother, I'm like, dude, what are we doing? We, we got to bring this back. Like, you know, we, we got to do this. And my, my brother's, so I'm the excited one. My brother's like- The calm one. The calm one, okay? <laughs> We're like two- This complete, is John? This John, my, that's, my, that's my youngest. And uh, I love you, bro. So uh, yeah, and 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 that's what makes a great team, right? Yeah. So we're we're completely different. And so John is always the guy who's going to tell me the, the 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 cons, and I'm always looking at the pros, and then we we end up making a decision. And I said, you know what? Let's 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 try. Let's bring let's bring four pallets in, five pallets in. So I ended up bringing five pallets of only one skew, which was uh, the extra virgin organic uh, bio. Yeah, the most expensive. And I said, if I could sell the most expensive extra virgin olive oil in Montreal, which is a very, very hard market, yeah. extra virgin olive oil is a hard market, I might be onto something. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the first year we ended up doing 20 tons. And then uh, that got the attention of the people in Greece. They ended up coming here and we launched some other SKUs and we're coming out with uh, uh, an olive, which is uh, an engraved olive, which doesn't exist here in Canada. And uh, we're coming- Engraved olive? Yeah, so basically what it is, in, in Greek it's called a charakti. So basically it's, a, it's an olive that has an incision that, mm. that swims in extra virgin olive oil, red vinegar, and salt. Okay, okay. Uh, has 100% natural, no preservatives. And we're launching that in uh, January. So yeah, we're excited. So, and then I just did what I do best. I went out, knocked on doors, and delivered case by case. And yeah. we're in about uh, 50 stores right now. I just, yesterday I just, I was in Ottawa. We opened up Ottawa. And uh, yeah, we're going to be opening Toronto pretty soon. So nice. uh, yeah, yeah. And we have exclusive rights. So yeah, we're actively looking for distributors in the US. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's a huge market. Uh, at some point I got interested in that. Uh, it didn't work out. I mean, there, was, uh, there were other things happening at the same time there, but uh, I had looked into it and it, you're right. It is absolutely tough. And there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot yeah. of stuff out there. I think- you know what? You know why, George? And I'll tell you why. This is what I did in the car business, and this is what I'm doing in in in. in well, I'm gonna attempt to do it, and I, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna achieve because I, I see what's going on out there. Everybody has the same plan when it comes to food, mm -hmm. and especially in extra virgin olive oil. So, what's the plan? What do you sell? Everybody, everybody's selling price. So, everybody's marketing strategy is I gotta I gotta bring extra virgin olive oil from anywhere or any product for that matter. And I got to be the cheapest. Yeah. I decided to do the opposite. I decided to say, no, I'm not going to be the cheapest. I'm going to give people a premium product. I'm going to be slightly more expensive, but I'm going to give people value and I'm going to educate people. Because mm -hmm. I noticed that in, in the food industry, and oh, especially yeah. in extra virgin olive oil, a lot of there is a lack of education. And I think in today's modern world, with social media available, the person who will educate is going to be the person who's going to win. Yeah. And that's what I did in the car business with, with Audi, educating people on what made Quattro different than the X-Drive, than the Formatic, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to do in the olive oil business because there's, there's a lot of lack of education and, and people don't know what they're buying. And there's a lot of people out there that are selling things that shouldn't be selling. You know, there's a lot of press out there, eh? especially recently. I've been following about uh, specifically olive oil on how that whole industry is. I don't want to say corrupt. It's just no, you, no, you, no. You just don't know what's what's in the product, right? They're just mixing different sorts of things. They're mixing 
uh, you know, Cotton olive oil, oil with yeah. um, 100%. Yeah. And the problem it's becoming it's becoming chemistry now. Mm. So uh, they're mixing crop years, they're mixing where the olives come from. So mm. it, it, one one of the biggest things is you're going to see and I'm not going to hear I'm not going to sit here and bash the Italian olive oil which I shouldn't, eh? No, I won't. But you, you'll you'll read, for example. So I'll give an example. Packaged in Italy, yeah. And they put a, a, an Italian name, or it could be whatever, an, a Spanish name, mm-hmm. and it's packaged in Spain. But the olives come from, could be from Turkey, yeah. Could be from Morocco, could yeah. be from Tunisia, could be from Greece, yeah. Um, so they mix where the olives come from. They also the the big one, the big one is they mix crop years. Mm-hmm. So an olive is a fruit. Mm-hmm. Would you drink a 2015 orange juice? Yeah, no. Well, that's what happens in that's what happens in extra virgin olive oil. So they mix crop years with where the olives are come from, mm-hmm. and then they what they do is they filter it, right? But then once you filter, it's no longer extra virgin because it doesn't fall in the parameters of extra mm-hmm. virgin. So then there's additives that are put in there in order to bring it back to extra virgin, and then that's how they bottle it. Yeah. So my quick tip, guys, on extra virgin olive oil: look for unfiltered, look for a one crop year, cold press. Most of them out there are cold pressed because if you're pressing uh, under 27 degrees Celsius, that's considered cold press. Mm-hmm. But one crop year, unfiltered, make sure that the olives come from the same, same area. So look for a PGI or a P- PDO. Yeah. And- uh, let's go back to the um, to the second store. How does that decision come about? I mean, you have one store, you, you mentioned before how difficult it is and how many things you have to take into consideration. Um, you're dealing obviously with food, which has a very short shelf life. Um, Tell me the decision about just, you know, opening up another store. I mean, how does that come about? Just open a store? <clears throat> so what was the decision? Like, yeah. I'm sitting down with my brother's guys. Let's open another store. That's it. That's how, it, it's, it's as easy as that. Well, look, you know what? It was, it was time. It was time for my brothers. I think they, my, my brothers, by the way. How uh, long have they had it? They ha- they've, they've had it for uh, seven years. Yeah. So they had it for seven years. Uh, extremely successful store in St. Estache. Uh, they did a good, good job. They basically took my dad's business model and brought it to the next level. Um, where my brothers, I wouldn't say lack, but it wasn't their, their 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 specialty. And this is where I came in was, was okay, now we have a store. Let's start writing down processes. Let's start organizing ourselves. Because eventually if you want to be bought out, um, people don't buy out, you know, le potager, they buy out a process, mm-hmm. right? So... I, I made them understand that let's build a business where at any where we become, how should I say, we could market ourselves and be bought out eventually, right? Is that the plan or listen, if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But but I think if 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 and and it wasn't only for that reason, it was only we wanted to be organized. We wanted to to make sure that we brought the business to the next level. Basically, what I had done at Audi, bring it over to the potager. And yeah. um so that's that's what we that's what we did, and and I think it was there was a demand. The market the market demanded a second one. The mar- you you would see it just in, in in people's comments. You know, guys, when are you opening the second one? I'm traveling from far. I'm coming from here. I'm coming from there. So it was, it was it was a no brainer. It had to be done, and uh, and it was done. I've opened many stores before, so my experience coming into 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 the business was okay. I've opened stores before. This one needs to be done. Tuck, 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 tuck. And you know what? We opened Potager Blainville, and it was like, it was. It's funny that you mentioned that because my wife the other day she was like, um, she was asking, okay, well, when's the podcast with Panos? God, man, ask him when they're opening one in Brussels. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
yeah, no, because, because we, you know you, you follow the the prices and it's just ridiculous how uh, how low the prices are. Yeah, and it was a question I was going to ask you. Like, how do you, how do you make ends meet when you're so uh, so much lower than your competition? Well, look, I don't blame my competition for being more expensive than we are. And, I, and, and, and there's a reason, there's a logic behind it. There, there's two things behind it. So a lot of people say, well, you know, you're smaller than an IG, you know, an IGA or a Metro or whatever, whatever store that is. How, how do you manage to be cheaper? Well, look, at the end of the day, these stores do have a warehouse. We don't. So we go directly to market, right? So we take, we go to central market and our fruits and vegetables come directly. So there's no hand in between. Mm -hmm. That hand in between takes a certain profit. Of course. So, and quality-wise, well, those fruits and vegetables end up staying longer in their warehouse. Well, they, it, they lose a day or two or even three days in a warehouse and then yeah. they get put on shelf, right? So quality-wise is a not a problem, but... You have an advantage because yeah. your, your produce is obviously longer on shelves in the store Correct. rather than staying in the warehouse. And therefore, uh, and therefore, fresher. Do you feel that because you're more regional? I mean, you're you're in Blainville, and then you're in Saint Eustache. There's there's a better attachment with the people, um, you know, with the locals instead of going to like this huge uh, chain, IGA or Metro or whatever the hell it is. Uh, they feel that look, these guys. It's a smaller smaller name, family ran operation. Yeah. There's like this family feel to it. I think so. Like a that, community. I, like I think so that we're very, very big with the local community. Like for wherever we go, we, we, we love to be part of the community. Uh, so we're not, we're not retailers that just, you know, just come to us. We like to give. Mm -hmm. um, so we give back to the community a lot. Um, but also it's, I think people are going back to the, and you're going to tell me, really, are you serious saying this? But I really think that, that, you know, history repeats itself and people are going back. People are tired of, doing miles, man. People are tired of, of, of walking into big, big stores and especially when it comes to food. So what do I, what do I mean by that? I think people are coming back to, if you want to buy your meat, go to a butcher that yeah. specializes in just meat. Yeah. You think that trend is coming back? I think so. I believe so. I really do. I really do. I really think people now, they want to walk into a store, pick up what they need to pick up and go out. Mm -hmm. They don't want to sit there and do every single, like I remember as a kid going, going, going shopping, grocery shopping with my parents. It was like a whole day Every thing. aisle up. Every yeah. aisle. And then we, up. you know, and it would, <laughs> it would be like two hours and then, and then we would go eat, you know, and then and it was a whole day thing. People don't want to do that anymore. They want to come in. You know, I want to buy my fruits. I'm going to come buy my fruits here. I'm going to come buy whatever my cold cuts in and out, you know, 10 minute, 15 minute thing. Boom. And then if I need to go buy something else, I'll go buy something else. Yeah. I think people are tired of the aisles, man. I really, really think that. I Tell me about. Uh, how you feel about all this online uh, growth, especially in the food uh, in the food industry? You have Amazon, who's obviously the yeah. biggest, um, you know, online uh, seller, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. uh, not too long ago, they buy whole uh, Whole Foods. Obviously, there's a clear indicator that they're moving into the industry. People are buying more and more online. Uh, they're opening a distribution center in Montreal. Yeah. Um, so they can distribute, obviously, Quebec and Eastern Canada. And then I heard on the news a couple of days ago that there were rumors that they were looking into buying IGA and Metro. So clearly they're moving into that industry. Is that worrying for you? Are people still um, willing to get up and go to the and go to the and go to the grocery? Like the retail business obviously has taken a big hit with yeah. uh, with uh, with a presence of online uh, of online sales. And now the food industry has kind of taken that um, that turn. 
Um, and I was actually looking at statistics the other day for Canada. It's not that present over here. There's a, this, and this is for 2019. There's only 15% of consumers that buy online, but over 50%. So 53% say that at some point in the future, they would want to explore that. Yeah. Um, do you think that uh, it's something to worry about? I mean, are you, do you think that you're going to be affected by it? I mean, what do you think the future holds? Listen, I think, and it's a great point, and a lot of people ask me that, and, you know, perishables is, is, is you need to understand, you're dealing with perishables. So if you want to be able to give people the best quality and be very competitive in price on a good that has a shelf life of, I don't know, five days, it's, it's, it's tough, man. It's not easy. Like, I mean, if you, if, if, if you start having warehousing and you keep, you know, your fruits and vegetables there, is it going to eventually come to it? Yes. Are we eventually possibly going to do on, not possibly, are we going to do online for sure? But I think in retail, that's probably going to be the last thing that's going to be touched. Because of the- hundred percent. Because of the shelf life. A hundred percent. Like it's not clothing or shoes or socks or whatever that you can store for- A hundred percent. Forever. If not, you're going to be selling your bananas at, instead of selling it at 69 cents a pound, you're going to be selling it at $1.69 or, or, or whatever, or $3 a pound. Because don't forget, you got to be paying for transport. Mm-hmm, you got to mm-hmm. pay for, for shipping, it warehousing, uh, people going around picking, you know, so it's, you, are, are people, are, is there people out there that are going to want to do convenience? hundred percent. I come home and it's delivered to my house and, and, and it gets done. It's, I think it's going to be the last thing that's going to, that's, that's going to go online. That's what I believe. Are you thinking already on how to build platforms to do it yourself? We looked at it with our brothers. Yeah. Right now we're more in a, in a expander brick and mortar. Yeah. Um, I've attempted to look at it and I'll be, I'll be honest with you, George. It's really, really not that easy. I have, I have friends in, in our industry that, that are currently doing it. And it's really, really tough. It's really, really hard. Why? The logistics are really, really hard. Uh, you're late for, for I don't know, for whatever reason. The weather doesn't permit. They hammer you on online reviews. Uh, the customers are not forgiving. Because mm-hmm. um, you know how we are now. It's like now I want my yeah, stuff yeah, now. Instant. Instant. So it's it's not easy, man. It's not easy. We We... And I experience it a little bit with the corporate basket, right? So imagine now having... 300 orders to deliver in a day. So it's, 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 it's not easy. Yeah. It's a whole other set of logistics, man. You're right. You know, so, um, but eventually is it going to turn to that? For sure. I mean, you know, there's another concept I know in in Europe where you literally pull up your car. It's like a drive-through. You pull up your car, you, there's a, there's a computer, you pick exactly what you want on the computer and then you drive to the next window and then all your stuff is the, you know. But that tr- exists over here too. There are some grocery stores that have a mobile pickup. So you order online right, or on an app or whatever up. and then you park and someone brings it out. Or- yeah, it, but, but that's more like you really pull up to the window. Like, yeah. like a McDonald's. Like I'm going to order my coffee and I order great. whatever I want and then it's, the next window drops all your stuff in your trunk that's and then you ridiculous. take off. That's ridiculous. Like, I mean, just the cost of running that thing. And you're right. I mean, that's just going to eventually just boost the prices up. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And 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 look, I mean, it, things are getting more expensive. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I remember when uh, 
dude, I was working at my dad's grocery store. I mean, a, a lettuce was like a quarter, dude. <laughs> yeah. 50 cents, you know, yeah. 49 cents. You know, you used to go on special 25 cents, you know, uh, iceberg lettuce. And then now it's like $2.99, yeah. you know, so. And that's cheap. It is cheap. Like, oh, look, the lettuce is cheap. <laughs> Three bucks, you know. Dude, we were selling celeries at the price of a steak, dude. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Tell me a little bit about, you know, there's all this environment conscious movement happening. Um, you're in an industry that uses a lot of plastic. Is there uh, any concerns about, you know, this growing demand on more sustainable practices, especially in uh, not, 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 not generally the retail industry, but specifically the food retail industry? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, we do our best, like, uh, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of plastic in, in the food industry, a lot. And, um, we're doing, we're, we're doing our best as a business to really, really eliminate as much plastic as we can, but there's some things you can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, we, we did have, um, styro, uh, styrofoam, uh, cups that we used to use in order to do our packaging, for example, our chop suey or, um, our, uh, you know, we used to package our zucchinis inside and, there, and there was, there's a reason why it's not because we want to force people to buy that quantity is because we want to be able to protect the product. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff is, 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 you know, for, for, for hygiene reasons, you know, you don't want people picking into, to, to your yeah, food. Exactly. So, so we, we, we package it. So we moved into a more, um, 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 how should you call it? Uh, compostable. Uh, what do you say that? In I have no idea. That's what I, I usually use the French word. Compostable? Yeah. All right. Compostable. Yeah. I'm going to sound exotic. <laughs> <laughs> compostable. So we use a, um, a compostable packaging now, um, which uh, really, really helps. But you, you see it. You see people walk in and there's there's some people that are really, really... But sometimes you have no choice. Mm -hmm. So uh, you, you, like we charge for plastic bags now before we didn't. Oh, uh, yeah. So now we charge for plastic but bags. But you still have them. I still have them. Yeah, there's stores that don't have them at all. You know, we, we have it for convenience reasons, but I'll be honest with you, not many people, people are pretty good, man. People, oh, want, really? yeah, people come in with their bags. I mean, where we're out where we are at, like, I mean, people respect that and they come in and they forget. You know and many, do you know how many bags I have? Like, you know, those, whatever yeah. they're made, they're made from. I have a closet full of them. Every time we go grocery shopping, we just don't bring them. Yeah. We'll forget them. My wife's like, did you bring the bags? I'm like, no. We'll no, but them. you know what? People, people, people are like really respectful. Like, I, I mean, even if they don't have, they'll take them in their hands and, and they'll not pay for a plastic bag. So that's. Give me the bag. You, you, you pay give, for the bag? Give me the bag. Really? You want to Ooh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to carry it in my hands. <laughs> are you kidding me now? Well, you know, but it has, but look, there's some stores that don't have bags and that's the most annoying thing. Cause you got to go out with a, with your, your shopping cart, the shopping cart, Costco style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, dump everything in the trunk. Yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, yeah. Take a turn. Uh, the the raspberries uh, are gonna fly everywhere. <laughs> disaster, disaster. But you know what? It's it's a good thing. I'm 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 really really for that. But you know what? There's another thing that's that's even as important as as you know not having plastic is you know, we, we, dude. There's a lot of food that's being thrown out. Yeah, and you. We found we found a, a, a way to to save a lot of that food, not to be thrown out. And we deal with a lot of organizations that actually, when there's the food isn't you know like the fruits and vegetables that that on the shelf they don't look too good, but uh, they're still good to eat. Yeah, but they're still good to eat. So we we have organizations that they come and they pick up. But you know that's what I tell people. I said you know what? Okay, fine, no plastic. But what about the food waste? Mm -hmm. So is is wasting food better than plastic? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, are we better off? I don't know if, if you could conserve food better because you put it in a plastic container, which again will harm the environment. I agree with you and it's not the right thing, but 
what's what's better? Yeah. You know, is it wasting food or having a plastic bag? You know what I mean? Like, so you're working with local actors, um, for sure. Imp- yeah, yeah. We deal with uh, 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 La Moisson. Okay, yeah. They come and they pick up, but you know what? We don't. We have we have a good turn, so uh, we don't. We don't. We don't. We don't throw a lot. But in our industry, there's a lot of food that goes to waste. All right. Any other plans of expanding outside of Laval, for example, Montreal or South Shore, to make my wife happy? Outside of uh, you mean uh, North Shore? Uh, North Shore, yeah. Um, I like the North Shore, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like the North Shore. <laughs> North Shore is good because you live there, right? So it must. It must I live in Laval. A, it must make a big difference just to to drive what five six minutes, dude. Against traffic, man. Against like traffic. I, I see what's going on, and th- oh man, on the thirteen and then the fifteen in the morning, dude, it's crazy. Like, is it really worth it? Like, you're gonna save fifty thousand dollars on a house, but you're gonna be stuck for life, yeah. for life, mm. like three hundred sixty five days. Yeah, it's painful. And, and and it takes you an hour to get to work and an hour to come back in the morning. That's two hours you waste of your life. Do the math. Like what's two hours times seven times, you know, 52 weeks. Like yeah. that's insane. The time you spend in your car. Oh my God. You know, this is the funny thing because I used to work in, in Villery. So before we got married, obviously I lived in Park X. It was literally a five minute drive. Really? I had to be at the office at nine. I would leave my house at 8.50, 8.55. Sometimes I was late. I would leave at nine, but it didn't matter. I was right there. Yeah. And uh, and then we got married. I moved to, to we live downtown. And I was a little bit, uh, but still, you're moving against traffic, like you said, but it was it was okay. You know, it was like a, maybe about 15, 20 minute drive. And then we moved to the South Shore. But the lucky thing is that I didn't have to punch a card. I didn't have anyone over my shoulder. It was very flexible. I could go in whatever time I wanted. So I didn't live that stress that people have of having to rush in the morning to get to the office, right? Uh, and that's why I'm thinking about you where your stores are in Laval. You live in Laval. Uh, in, the, in the North Shore, you live in Laval. It must have changed your life like enormously just well, knowing yeah, that. You know what? It wasn't that bad. Coming in, I, 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 okay, I worked in Ville Saint Laurent, so it wasn't that, that yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if I had to work in Brossard, dude... <laughs> Dude, bro, like Brossard, man, is like you need a passport, dude. You really need a passport to come here. Like, I, like, it, like, it's like, am I gonna? Where, where, where are the customs? You know, like, like, what's going on here? Like, it's like you gotta clear customs yeah, with your fruits. Jesus, dude, Brossard's far. Yeah, no, my wife was telling. She's like, the, the, she's looking at your online uh, pamphlet there, or you know, your your brochure, and she's like, what are these prices? Why, why can't they? Open up in Brossard. She's like, you want to go? Well, the funny thing is, she's like, you want to go to Panos' store? I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm going to leave the South Shore to drive to the North wow. Shore to get whatever yeah. you had on special and then drive all the way back to the shore. I'm like, forget it. Dude, you should come visit us. I'm going to come. Uh, I've been wanting to actually, but yeah. fucking, you, you just said it, you know? Like flip it the opposite side. You don't want to come to Brossard. Why the hell would I want to come <laughs> all the way up there? And the other thing is you got to try my oil, man. Yeah. Sure. Are you one of those Greeks that have bring their own yeah. oil from there? Yeah, really? Whatever. Um, we've never uh what area? My my dad has my dad has olive trees in uh in Molay. Oh, Sparta. Yeah, yeah, Sparta. Nice. I mean, I'll I'll have you try it upstairs. Um I can't remember even as a kid uh buying olive oil. My yeah, father usually, Well, and that's and that's why my my if if people tell me what's your target clientele i gotta say guys it's not greeks well listen most of the greeks well there's two things about the greeks when it comes to olive oil number one um they believe that the village that they're from 
has the best has oil. the best extra virgin olive oil. And and I did a couple of tastings, and whenever I had you know Greeks and the best are you know Greeks that are I would probably say I don't know fifty years old and over, mm. dude. It's like it's like it's 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 almost like a confrontation you yeah, know like yeah. your olive oil my you should see my olive from my village it's and it's pride man it's, it's, you it's know, a matter we're of so, pride we have that we have so much pride as greeks it's, yeah. it's it's crazy no matter what we do from our village it's the best and then you end up tasting that olive oil and it's like but it doesn't matter because it comes from that village it's the best, <laughs> it's the best. but but that's one and uh dude i forgot the second so one one is that it's like where they come from it's 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 the best and or Every Greek knows a Greek that brings his own olive oil yeah. from a neighbor that knows a neighbor that, no, you know, it's it like, it's, it, it brings it in. So Look, we, we never bought olives. We never bought olive oil. My dad has his trees. I have a cousin down there with her husband that, uh, that take care of it. Um, they, my, you know, my father doesn't even take any money. Like they, they keep all the profit and they just send my, my dad enough to make the year. And then, uh, yeah, the next year's another batch. So to all the Greeks out there, once your olive oil finishes, if it finishes, and your little uh, bin is late to come from uh, from Greece, whatever you call that thing that they put the, uh, the yeah, olive the tin, oil in. The, the, the tin little can. tin, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the tin, not the bin, the tin, the 17 <laughs> liter tin is late coming from Greece. Just think just think of me. Just, you know, just saying. Uh, let's close it up, man. Um, let's do it. What's next? What's next for you? Tell us uh, a little bit about what you have planned. Um, uh, what we have planned, listen, we have planned, uh, we're definitely going to be expanding our, uh, our retail business, looking for a third location, possibly, oh, okay. possibly. In Brossard? No, <laughs> <laughs> not Brossard, not as of yet, uh, but you never know. And still, uh, in, still in the North shore. Yeah, probably North shore, uh, expanding more in the North shore. Um, mind you, we do have some, some, some projects that we're looking at into M Montreal. Okay. Uh, but, uh, we like North shore. Mm. Um, definitely expanding the extra virgin olive oil, trying to bring it more to a, to a national level, uh, and eventually, uh, leak into the United States. Um, and potager mobile, just keep, ex keep expanding that. So yeah, we got our, uh, our, our, our hands full. Good man. I appreciate you coming. Um, pleasure. I don't know why you made me wake up this early, but, uh, I think I'm gonna go have breakfast now. Awesome. Two hours later. Well, listen, man, you have a, you have the whole day in front of you. So yeah, I'm gonna go back to bed <laughs> as soon as you walk out the door. Come on, man. <laughs> no, <I'm> just joking. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Pleasure.